Hello, my friends. You're listening to Ethereal Odyssey, the podcast that interviews viewers like you about their psychedelic experiences, proving once and for all how different yet similar we all can be. My next guest is my new friend, Day. She was an absolute delight to talk to you. Um, and I really appreciated all of the very like visceral images that she was able to paint with her experiences, especially when it comes to Salvia. And yeah, I just have nothing but good things to say about this conversation. Um, and I cannot wait to have this guest back on my show Um, the only little minor inconveniences is that I noticed, um, there are a little, like, few segment breaks where the audio wasn't recording correctly, so I'll try to edit as much as I can, but, um, it's still quite enjoyable. What's up, Allison? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's just get right into it. Um, What did you know about psychedelics before trying anything? You know, I strove and dug into as much information as I could. There was that old site, Eurowid.org. I think they're still out and about, but they have like volts of pretty much every chemical and plant and anything mildly psychoactive in general on its site, you know, down to even whole one about black widow bites. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Either way, amazing site. They had all the information about everything. And I was kind of a scientist kind of a mindset when I was young. And I I don't know, I just once I found out about it, I just dug in before I tried anything, because I was still too young to really know anybody to get it from. Mm -hmm. I dug in hard and yeah, so by the time I tried anything, I had already had a pretty good uh, crash course on what that all was and what I was probably about to experience. But how old do you think you were when you started like looking up these like forums? Probably like 13 or 14 or so. Okay. 15, I think, was when I like really dug in and was when I was starting to try and seek these things out. Okay, cool. And how old do you think you were when you uh, tried your first psychedelic experience? You know, 17. So two years at least later, four really from when I first probably started thinking about it, you know, but two years after I felt like, okay, I know what's going on. I want to try this. It took a long time before I actually got to it. But yeah, it was 17. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like not a lot of people have that, like, preparedness when they go in especially at like such an, a young age 100 percent. most people are just like oh i've heard about this you know they get offered it at a party or whatever mm-hmm. you know and they're like oh, I'm, oh yeah i'll give this a go yeah whenever i talk to people it seems to be that then they're going into it with like i don't really know what's going to happen but everybody says it's going to be all right mm-hmm. yeah. so uh go ahead <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. I was thinking, you know, it kind of eased some discomfort, I would say, at the start, for sure. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Um, so do you remember the set and setting to your first trip? Yeah, um, 
interesting one. And it's so my first psychedelic was surprisingly salvia. Everybody always tells me I'm crazy. That was the one that I was like, <laughs> I need to try it. Also, it was legal at the time in Colorado, you know, so there wasn't too big of a deal at the time, you know, there wasn't any legality around it. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember just going and getting it at a head shop, you know, and so the first one, I knew that it was going to be something very out of body, something very out of consciousness in general. So I was actually in my parents' house, in my bedroom at my parents' house. And I remember getting on MySpace <laughs> at the time. Um, and I sent my buddy Nick a little message. And I was like, hey, I'm about to do Salvia. Would you mind just sending me a message here in a little bit? And just here in like three minutes, just send it to me and just be like, hey, you're Damon. And you're waking up in your bedroom, you're coming to, you know, and this is long before I transitioned, you know, so I was still going by Damon. That wasn't day at the time. And yeah, I was just like, help me out with this. And so I'm like sitting there at my desk and I remember hitting the bong and just like launched into my first trip and oh, it's gorgeous. It was crazy as heck, but I remember coming to, and I was upside down in my chair. Like my feet were up where my head usually would be and my head was upside down the bong water was all over my head the floor behind me and I was like what in the heck happened here and like turned around got up and looked at the computer and there was a message from Nick and he was like hey your day you're waking up right now hi (laughs) (laughs) I love that just that visual uh picture (laughs) (laughs) yeah it must have been a sight i wish i had a picture (laughs) that's uh, that's so interesting that you uh you chose to just go for it on your own you know i always felt that it would be easier for me i've always identified very introvert you know i i had friends and stuff for sure been like middle and high school and whatnot but i spent a lot of time on my own, I really enjoyed digging into science, digging into music and just my hobbies. I've always been a huge nut for my hobbies and, you know, psychedelics and psychoactives was a huge part of that too. But yeah, I felt much better just going into it myself. I knew my own head. I knew myself and I knew with a good strategy and a good strong brain going into it, I would come out on the other side very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I admire that confidence. Yeah, everybody always says that. And I was like, I couldn't imagine it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So how long do you think that that lasted? Was it just a few minutes? Yeah, I mean, it was probably only about five or so before I was pretty much back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was another thing I kind of thought would be a better idea for me, you know, especially still living it my parents' house and stuff. It was like, well, how do I get away with trying all these things that last 12 hours? <laughs> right. Um, can you describe any of the like feelings or visuals that you had? Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So when uh, it comes to salvia, I think like most of them had very similar visual structures. There's... Mm-hmm. For me, it always feels and kind of appears like things are being chopped up into sections, Mm. but it's a very stretchy kind of situation. I always feel a pull behind me when it first starts to come on. It feels like somebody or something is pulling on the top of my back and just pulling me straight back towards the ground. 
and I've had most of my experiences outside in nature. I really like to find just a nice comfortable spot of grass so I can just flop back on the grass and just Mm -hmm. be good. I have had a couple of experiences. One time I was with somebody um, and I fell back and hit my head on a small rock. It wasn't a big, big rock, but she's like, then I was like, and this person was like, hey, are you okay? You all right over there? I was like, and I like come to, I was like, wow, that was incredible. And they're like, oh my gosh, I thought you were dead. Um, So I've had a couple of crazy experiences and uh, a very recent one, actually, I was, with somebody else and I was like leaning really close to the table and they were kind of worried about me and they like put their arm in front of me and tried to pull me back onto the couch. And like that became the entire trip, the movement Mm -hmm. backwards, all of a sudden that expansion of like the visual that you see, like just of that movement going backwards, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden sections out for me is what happens. I describe it as going through the gears and it just pulls you through and it needs you through and every section of your body slowly zoom, 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 and just gets parceled out and moved through their little system. Mm. I always describe it as a very intense feeling. It's um, for a lot of people that I've experienced it with and seen other people experience it. I think that a lot of people find it very scary, kind of, sort of, very... <laughs> like it's watching over you in a very negative way kind of sort of and I have always kind of felt that like energy kind of sort of like I get where people come from with that but I think for whatever reason the salvia gods as I call them the energy that's in salvia space has always been very inviting to me for whatever reason Mm -hmm. they're very big presence whatever it is it's it's everything in my opinion kind of sort of and it's kind of scary, but that's also what's so cool about it and <laughs> what makes me so drawn to it. And they've always been very kind to me whenever they've had me in their space for the most part. Mm. Um, how would you say that it, like, I guess I should ask firsthand, um, what are other psychedelics that you've tried and how could you like compare them or contrast them to your salvia experiences? Well, you know, I've done most psychedelics, I would say, Um, psychoactives in general. Um, DMT is my other big favorite. Surprise, surprise, Salvi and DMT are both those quick acting, extremely dissociative, very out of your consciousness kind of ones. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, the very intense, the, the intensity, I think, is what I've always been searching for, something that's just so boom. And I think that the visuals are kind of a similar thing. Whenever I've had DMT, it tends to be whatever I'm looking at breaks up into horizontal lines is kind of what I experience with it. And then the horizontal lines move towards me and what comes behind them is more. And that's kind of how the fractalization kind of begins versus the salvia, which is like the pulling backwards motion. And it's almost more of say a line was projected from my chest straight out into space. And then as I go backwards, that line moving up towards the sky, that's kind of drawing the circle of the wheel. And then everything is parceled out against the grain of that. I don't know. I get really specific with my <laughs> no I experiences love, with the visuals. Yeah. I love that like specific uh, imagery that you're 
um, putting out there. That's, I think, unfortunately, the only thing I'm like picturing right now is like Hellraiser, like the chains like bursting through. Um, but that's just because I just watched the new one yesterday and I'm like trying to get it out of my brain. <laughs> We've been, we had that's on our list for October spooky season. We're definitely going to be watching that too. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, it, whatever works, you know what I mean? It, it's like, especially when it comes to the Salvia too. And this is the big difference between the two is that Salvia for me always feels like I was saying this omnipresent kind of overarching you and kind of scary kind of a sensation versus dmt which always to me feels so familiar right mm-hmm. hmm. yeah. um so do, i guess do you have a preference for like the shorter lasting uh, more intense psychoactive substances versus the longer lasting let's say like acid or like mushrooms Maybe not a preference. I think I get more out of the short-acting, intense Mm -hmm. ones. And also, I would think that the extremely long-lasting ones, you know, ayahuasca, ibogaine, those kind of things, I think Mm -hmm. I would get a ton out of those. I mean, I've, I've had extensive experience with, you know, LSD and, you know, mushrooms and stuff. And I, I, mostly LSD that the mushrooms I really liked it it was one of my after salvia mushrooms was my second thing to try and I really enjoyed my handful of experiences with it when I first got into it mm-hmm. but then I found LSD and here in Colorado I think this is kind of an LSD kind of a state <laughs> but <laughs> mushrooms are definitely around but everybody wants acid 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 so it was pretty easy to find when I was young mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I, I really got into the acid. And the whole thing is I did so, so, so much acid <laughs> when I was especially in college. I, I remember the first year I tried acid, I did it like 300 times. I used to be very calculated about everything that I did. And I remember like charting this out at one point. And it was like, at the end of the year, I was like, oh, crap, that's a lot <laughs> everybody i like mentioned that to they'd be like i don't know how you're still so sane i have people that did you know half that and they're really not okay anymore <laughs> yeah. i don't know I, I but the thing is i never could remember my experiences and my insights that i would find on acid mm-hmm. or even mushrooms to a certain extent for whatever reason i would figure it out in the moment and everything would be so clear and i would have such a good new view of something and it would make a lot of sense to me and then the next day I'd be like I have no idea what the heck happened wow so it was like so much more attainable and like easier to integrate those lessons with um with like salvia dmt yeah yeah Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, I, it it kind of jars you, and especially with salvia, it's like if you're not learning this, like you're not coming back to this world. You know what I mean? You've yeah. got to treat it with such respect that versus acid and mushrooms, I think it can be so fleeting. I don't find that it has such a personified presence the way that I feel like DMT and salvia do. Interesting. Hmm. Um. I know I had another question to like <laughs> take you back onto this. Um, 
Oh, so I guess I'm just interested to see, like, if you had any, like, um, spiritual or, like, religious background, like, or if, you know, if trying these has, like, caused you to have any sort of, like, spiritual experiences. Yeah. Um, so my background in terms of spirituality is zero nilch nada. <laughs> my dad is an atheist. My mom agnostic, although she grew up in a Christian household. Um, my dad grew up in a very much science household. And I think our house was very much a science household. I remember my mom taking me to, she took me to two different churches when I was young, just because as she said, she was like, I just want to make sure you experience it just in case you like it. And I just remember being like, this is people are wackadoos mom can we go home <laughs> and like I, I did it didn't make any sense to me and like I don't want to knock it like for some people that's what you know works for you you know what I mean and I'll talk a little more about that later but yeah I, I I didn't really ever feel spiritual I just felt like I wanted to make music and I wanted to like read about this and science and things like that right but on my travels through psychedelics, I did kind of find somewhat of a spiritual awakening, running into the works of the shamans, you know, especially Native American shamans and the South American shamans. I did kind of find a personal spirituality. And for a while I did identify as an entheogenic shaman. So I would just like be very, I was very focused on like my experiences with salvia and DMT and these really radical things that I was experiencing that I was like, this feels way more like people talk about trying to find God. And I'm like sitting here like, well, I found him. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He might not be your God, but it's, this thing seems to know a lot. And it's freaking me out a little bit because. Oh, I think you just cut out. Dang it. You can there hear me yep. Yeah. Screen went dark. <laughs> Apparently the always on isn't on. Crap. What was the last thing you heard me say? Um, so we were talking about how um, it was sort of like a shamanic, like, I don't want to say like healing process, but you had mentioned that. I don't know if this is like the God, but it's, you know, definitely one that knows a lot. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what I was saying. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd subscribed, like, once I got into all this and just, I think I had said something about, you know, it's like, people are looking for find to find God and stuff. And it's like, when I found Salvia, I was like, well, this is maybe God. I don't know. This is very intense, you know, being and very intense energy and knowledge that I'm tapping into. And it, it was so interesting to me and I, I couldn't say no to it. And it seemed yeah. way more real than any religion that I had found. And I don't know, I didn't, I, I did some, I did things like, you know, I would like charge up crystals on the mountain and go for hikes that were like, you know, kind of spiritual hikes. And I spent a lot of time trying to do drumming and trying to go, you know, into the ground in the native American ways and stuff, but mm-hmm. it never really, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed pursuing it, but nothing ever really clicked in that world. And so I think I ended up kind of just going back to just 
science and not really worrying too much about my spirituality. I've always kind of subscribed to the spirituality itself. Yeah. Hmm. Like how does, how does that like affect you right now? It's a good question. I don't know. The older I get, the more I get, I don't know. I I don't trip as much as I used to. I don't experience things as much as I used to. You know, it's it's usually a once or twice a year thing at this point for me. But when I do come back to it, I think it's definitely, it becomes more and more spiritual again. The more time I take away from it, the more power it has. There was a time when I was, I think, maybe not abusing it, but I wasn't getting what I was supposed to be getting out of it. And I think it was just because I was using it so much things were kind of starting to crumble and not really be so concrete anymore, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so coming back to it, you know, nowadays, I think I can look at it with different eyes, you know, and I think there's a, there's always been a humongous amount of respect. And that's why I think I decided I needed to take the break was I was was just kind of wearing things out. Yeah. Almost like becoming, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself at this point, but, um, (laughs) almost like becoming a sort of escape. 100%. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of beauty in that world and it's, it's hard to say no to it, you know? Yeah. It's not, you can't really abuse it the way you can other drugs because it's just, it's taxing on the body, on the brain, etc. But it, it is, yeah. It's another little world that you can kind of live in. What, um, what are some other like significant experiences you'd like to share? Well, my favorite, and I'm so glad to actually say this on something that might get out into the world. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) always loves this story. So my favorite salvia experience and the most revolutionary experience I've had is I was in my backyard and I'm sitting, we had like this little kind of scoop up on the hill and I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's the middle of the day. I didn't have school that day. My parents were gone and I was like, all right, I'm going to have a nice little salvia trip. So I went to the backyard and I sat on the hill. My dog was sitting just downwind from me and he's just sitting there and I like look around and just take in the beauty of the day. And I was very spiritual with all these things. Whenever I did them, I would like talk to them before I did it. Thank them. You know, I try to do this as much to the books of what the cultures that use them would do, you know, whenever I did DMT, I would try and do essentially an ayahuasca kind of ceremony, even if it wasn't ayahuasca mm-hmm. salvia, I would make sure it was in a very thankful and loving way. But I did the salvia and I sucked back into the hill as I usually do. But instead of everything being parceled out, all of a sudden I went into like this liminal, just giant black void. And it was dark all around me. It was like I was in space, but there weren't even stars all of a sudden, far in the distance from me, I see this thing kind of snaking towards me. Mm. All of a sudden, it starts rucking right past me. And I realize it's kind of like a film strip, kind of, sort of. It doesn't have, like, like old film almost without the little perforations on either side. Sure. But what I'm seeing is now, all of a sudden, it's the scene that I'm experiencing. It's my backyard. There's my dog. There's me. There's the backyard. But as I stare a little more, I'm seeing that it's morphing oh, a little bit and things are off. You know, all of a sudden the sky starts to shift to like purple, to red, to yellow. And like one of the trees goes away. A dog's not there. There's a different dog. This, that. And I'm like, this is strange. Like, 
and I'm not thinking too much of it. I'm just experiencing. I'm just taking it as it is. And then all of a sudden this energy from behind me just pushes me forward a little bit and says, choose. And I'm like, that's when all of a sudden it felt really (laughs) ominous. And so this is where I really get my respect for Salvia is I felt this like just huge presence and this huge energy pushing me towards this film strip, as we'll call it. And I start staring at it. I'm like, well, no, these aren't quite my reality. And I feel like what they're trying to tell me is choose your reality, get back to where you're supposed to go. And I'm not panicking yet, but I'm like, this is weird. I I don't see my reality. Then all of a sudden they start to get closer. Grass turns back to green. The sky's blue. There's my dog ranger. Everything's looking right, but it's not really shifting very much. And I don't, really know every moment going by is a new change and all of a sudden I'm just like I don't need that one and I suck right back into reality I come out of the hill I'm like whoa I look around there's ranger I'm like okay there's the dog everything looks all right okay and so I go back inside take a drink of water and I go back outside and the first thing I notice is this weird little bell on the left corner of our patio just like hanging it's just this weird like oriental bell and i'm just like i've not seen that before (laughs) and that's when like kind of another slight panic kind of like flooded over my back and i'm like that's weird and nothing else seemed to miss so i just kind of went through the rest of the day at dinner you know something weird had happened some one of my family members had said something that was kind of opposite from what they had said the day before and i was like it's weird and you know not less of it went to bed the next day I went to school and like a couple of friends that were my friends before were like huh didn't really know me like and it was lots of weird tiny irregularities that just threw me off so much and like I've been boggled with that for years I mean this was when I was like 17 I was still in high school and I, I was just so like what the heck happened here like I tell everybody about it, but I'm still kind of of the opinion that I'm in a slightly different dimension than I was before I did Salvia that day. Still Mm. of that opinion. Wow, that is so fascinating. Yeah, that what I would say is probably the most revolutionary, whoa, experience I ever had, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I read this book a while ago, and I really wish I could remember what it was called. I read it somewhere in high school. But the premise really was that this girl, she could shift between different, like, realities, mostly between two of them. Like, one when, you know, it's current day and her, you know, brother died in a car accident. And then the other is a dimension where he didn't, you know, get in that accident. He's still alive. Yeah. And uh, they're both, like, similar, but just, you know slight differences like that and something struck me not long after reading that book that it made me realize that and maybe this is a little too out there but um (laughs) when we dream i hypothesize that when we dream we are able to tap into these different versions of ourselves like psychically you know and oh yeah yeah, because there's so many things where it doesn't make sense. Where why am I dreaming that my parents are still together when they're not? 
or like why am I dreaming that I'm still friends with this person or I'm not you know and yeah uh or like dying and I'm not you know what I mean it's just like very different things that definitely feel like um reality in that moment um doesn't mean that it's necessarily reality in this instance like per se but 100 percent. yeah just a just a feeling you know yeah you know i i especially you know along that line is the whole dmt theory between behind like it floods our body when we're born it floods our body when we die and i don't know there's been some recent stuff that kind of throws the dream side of that into question but i i still believe that it probably is coursing through us when we dream i do believe in some ways it's the physical seed of our souls yeah yeah mm. you don't know there's just so much evidence behind that <laughs> i don't know especially when it comes to like multiple uh what's it called uh the life between lives i don't know if you've ever heard that um i, I listened to it on audiobook but it's an old book by michael newton Go ahead. Uh, so this book, yeah. So it's it's like uh, this guy, Michael Noon, he's a therapist. And he interviewed just all of these countless people. Um, and they talked about their experiences where they actually go under hypnosis. And he pulls out these crazy things about these experiences that people have had in between their different lives that they've lived. And for me, it is some solid proof of the soul. And I think if you tie that in with like DMT, I feel like there has to be some kind of physical, you know, manifestation of it. And I think it's no coincidence that nearly every animal on this planet, every plant for the most part has some kind of a DMT compound to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that that's a coincidence at all. Um, it's funny because in herbalism school, they, they consciously like tell you that um, when you look at the plants, the plants look at you. And I feel that, you know, I would hundred percent agree with that. I'm in, I do landscaping for a living. I own my own business. And I think this is just such an interesting thing. It's like, I, I don't know. I've only been doing it for a couple of years. And so I did a couple of really big projects this year where we planted a lot of plants and I told most of the clients, I'm like, you know, it, you can expect a few to die. You know what I mean? Cause that's also the gamble. That's kind of how it normally goes in the game. You lose a handful of plants out of the hundred that you plant, you know, and that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. I only lost a couple. And I really say that because I like, I really think that it's because I put so much energy into them and so much respect into them and mm-hmm. plants appreciate it. They appreciate the care and the love simple as that yeah definitely and it's funny because like people are so like you know caught up in the you know oh plants like sound sound waves or they like you know talking to you and i think it's it's yeah because they're literal like living beings as well you know like who doesn't want somebody to acknowledge their presence or to touch their petals you know like that's all any of us ever want (laughs) right we just want to be loved that's it that's all everybody wants yeah. you know and and i really do think too that here's another just wacky opinion 
Um, I think that because there's so many humans nowadays and we talk about the new and like old soul thing, I feel like the old souls are the people that have been humans for a long time. And then the new souls are just souls that were plants or smaller animals and things like that, that have not been accumulating the experience in a human body and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel like it's almost like the souls move up the ranks of intelligence as they gain more and more experience in life. Hmm. You know, I could argue that just in a different order, I guess I would assume that it would go, um, it would go some sort of animal and then humans and then plants. You know, I could see that being the case too. They are the wisest, you know, they, they live so long, especially like trees. I would, you know, I like that, Allison. I think that's a really good insight. Yeah. I mean, just to see that I guess I'm thinking in a point of view like which of these species has the most like care and serenity um that's I guess the order I would say but that's also just opinion (laughs) (laughs) you know but yeah just uh, some evidence I would say to throw out that is so in that life between lives book he, they talk a lot about the souls that get to the point above having to live in humanity anymore. They've gained enough knowledge and enough experience that they're transcended the human form. So where would they go? Or were they, do they become aliens or are aliens still kind of at the same tier of soul level that we are? And maybe you're right, you know, like the trees and the things that are just so pure, I would almost say would be a good word for it, you know, that they're just so innocent and pure and just amazing things that just do what they're supposed to do. Maybe they are the most wise souls of all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, since you brought up aliens, I do have a question <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, have you like, other than just the ominous voices, you know, within the Salvia trip, uh, have you met any like beings within your experiences? If that makes sense. they do. Uh, The DMT is usually where I experience actual like forms and actual personified beings. My favorite example of which I used to camp a lot. I used to just go up to the mountains and just like eat a bunch of acid and mushrooms and then go ride around on my dirt bike and then stay up way too late around the campfire and stare at the stars. Had numerous UFO sightings whenever I was out there. I don't know how I was tripping, so I can't necessarily verify it, but I, I trust it, you know. But I do remember one day I was hanging out. All my buddies were up at the camp, and I was like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to smoke some DMT. Went down by this little little pond pretty far away from the guys and stuff, and it was a pretty secluded part of the woods, so nobody was around. And I just sat, watched the sunset, and smoked some, just staring out at the sunset. And I remember staring out, and like I said earlier with the DMT, everything went horizontal lines. Everything expanded towards me. But then as it really came towards me, this one, they started going vertical and started to really warp in every different direction. Mm. I, was, I usually like to listen to some kind of music, something chill. In this case, I was listening to Pink Floyd. Um, I love Pink Floyd. I think that they're my favorite trip music always <laughs> um, but I was I was just loving it and all of a sudden I just see these kind of pencil figurines come out of the lines and become 
like a band kind of sort of they were all like holding different weird little shapes they weren't even necessarily instruments they were all just made of lines mm-hmm. you know and they're mostly just sticks but they I felt like they were communicating with me like telepathically they didn't have mouths but like I felt them being like hey you are you and you're doing a good job and you're doing the path that you're supposed to be walking and we're proud of you and we love you and we don't want you to change what you're doing and I I wouldn't necessarily like scream oh my god they're like little tiny gray aliens by any means you know but I did feel like it's some kind of interdimensional being you know that I experienced that day and the salvia energy I would 100% say for whatever reason to me I feel like salvia takes you to a really really high dimension a presence that really is just overarching everything and DMT is just slightly below that it's still very overarching but it's still a little bit more close to us and it's not so distant that it feels alien the way that salvia does dmt like i said for me always feels like me so i feel like it is it does exist in the dimension that the souls maybe exist Mm -hmm. and then maybe salvia is like one step above it the 10th dimension say and it's just like watching over everything doesn't really care about us Mm. interesting um I'm like tearing up just like having that like visualization of these beings just telling you you're on the right path and doing the right things. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's why I always say they they feel very familiar. I I feel like DMT knows what's going on in you and knows everything about you. That's why I was like, I don't, I can't subscribe to God when I've experienced something like that. That feels way more concrete example of something that could be a god to me and it just Mm -hmm. feels like love it always does yeah yeah i guess i'm i'm of a notion where people say god but it's the connotation has gotten so far away from what i think the original purpose was and you know i feel like it's so much more of like uh like of oddness you know what I mean and awesome and just knowing that we are all like so much like bigger than we could ever really know about ourselves 100% agree you know and and I think that in the long term and I bring this up to so many people um, I just I really feel like we're all experiencing the same thing just in the way that our brains are supposed to experience it you know, what other people call God is exactly what you and I are just talking about, you know, and what I just define as just a huge spirit above us that does have much higher knowledge and omnipotence than we do, whether it's a bearded guy in the sky or just pure energy and string theory. I am of the opinion that we are all finding the same thing and we're just finding it the way that works for us. Yeah. Do you um, listen to the podcast Mysterious Universe? No, I have not. Oh, heard this one. it is so interesting. Some of it is like just totally off the rails and like like inappropriate. It's these two dudes from Australia, and they just talk about anything and everything to do with the weird. 
you know, cool. like experiences and stuff like that. Well, uh, the first episode I'd listened to of theirs, I wish I could remember the book. Ugh, I need to like find these books, but they had mentioned this book um, that one of the hosts I'd read and the basic <clears throat> story or idea was there was like a, I think it was an anthropologist went to go study these people deep in the Malaysian jungles. Okay. And they had very limited contact with, you know, the outside world. Very mysterious, right? And uh, so eventually he, you know, found the closest town and he was like, hey, I'm, I want to go study these people and like they're like shaman. Like, can you point me in that right direction? They're like, yeah, just kind of go down this path till you see a tree and then hang a left and then and then you'll figure it out. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, just vague, vague directions. And so he's, like, walking for, you know, like, half an hour maybe and, like, eventually comes across a person who's just standing, standing on the path and, you know, ends up walking with him and eventually, like, you know... I think eventually they continue walking for what seems forever. And then he all of a sudden realizes that the whole village is with him. They're just hidden, you know, and they kind of like slowly start coming out. You know what I mean? And meeting them. And yeah. uh, so he ends up spending a significant amount of time with these people. And like, ha- like um, one of the like shaman or you know elders gets a feeling that he's supposed to know at least some of their ways and is trying to teach them and um he keeps like wondering like coming across these like instances of like they they seem to like telepathically know things but like he can't figure it out like what what is happening you know what i mean like, for example, they would all sleep at night and then in the morning they would sit around in a circle and talk about their dreams. And one person would start, yeah, I woke up and in my dream and there was a mango tree and then somebody else would continue it. And in the mango tree, there was three branches, one went this way and then another person would continue. And it was like they all had the same dream. Yeah. Mm. And so that was their activity for the day was let's go find this mango tree. And they would find it or sometimes it wouldn't. Right. And it would be exactly as they described. And yeah, they just lived every, every single day was just like what they were supposed to be doing. And it was like the dream world was more real than this reality. And after a certain point of time, you know, he, he's just losing it. He's like, how, like, you all say that, you know, you didn't know that I was coming, but there's always somebody waiting on the path for me. Like, how did they know to wait there? And like, in a way they're like, well, we don't like, we just get this feeling that we're supposed to be there for some reason. And and wow. then we see you and realize that you're the reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. That is so, so. cool. Yeah, there's another instance in there where he's actually going through his journey and then he sees this, like, this almost, like, clear, like, ethereal snake, like, going through the jungle. And um, and it was, like, uh, his, his animal, like, um, connected to, you know, the ethereal realm and just to let him know that, like, 
he was in the right place and doing the right things. And that's exactly what it reminded me that like Salvia's story you had just mentioned. I'm like, whoa, that is ins- intense, you know? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I will have to find that book because I've Ew. been obsessed about this idea for years. Yeah, that's that's right up my alley. Definitely get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, are there any other like significant stories that you want to share before we go? Hmm. The salvia ones are really some of my faves. I'll do some of my funnier ones. How about that? Um, okay. <laughs> one of my favorites. I'll just rattle off a couple that are just funny. So one time I made a whole bunch of mushroom capsules that I put little tiny, little teeny pieces of LSD in, and it made the entire world speed up. Like it was like Whoa. the whole trip that was like six hours long felt like it was in minutes. And I remember I, for whatever reason, I turned on Arrested Development and watched <laughs> Arrested Development in like super fast motion. That is a really strange feeling, everybody. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm just going to say this too. I, what I realized too about bad trips, and this might help somebody out there in the future, a bad trip is just a loop. So it's always just when you get caught up on one thing and you just get stuck in a spiral. If you ever notice yourself at any point having a bad trip, just immediately think, I'm in a loop. I need to do something different. That's all you need to do. That is the key to getting yourself out of a bad trip. You feel uncomfortable, you're going to dwell on it, and it becomes a loop. Anything like that. I've had so many experiences where I feel that loop coming, and I've escaped, and I've done something completely different. And especially when it comes to interacting with humans, (laughs) whether you're an extrovert or not, that's I always find that that's where things get real weird some weird inconsistency between you and somebody else all of a sudden you loop on it (laughs) bad trip central everybody so just remember bad trips are just a loop go do something different go for a walk go to the other room go to the bathroom go do just anything different than what you're experiencing in that moment just tell everybody I need to go do a change of setting really quick nobody's gonna judge you just go do it. You don't have to deal with the loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah, otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I think that all psychedelics, if you treat them with a lot of respect, you can get a lot of insight into this world. And I just, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't treat them with the respect that they do deserve. Remember that all of these things come from especially a lot of them come from ancient cultures Mm -hmm. that have been feeding their energy into them for millennia and just forever. So yeah, everybody, I just think everybody, if you're trying these things, make sure you can have fun with them, but still treat them with respect. You know what I mean? The more respect you give them, the more love and respect that it's going to give you and the more insight and knowledge that it's going to share and bestow upon you. So just make sure that, you know, if you especially if you want to get something out of it, just treat it with respect and it's going to love you hard. <laughs> I like that. Do you have any uh, questions for me before we close? No, I, I think this was a lovely conversation and I really enjoyed chatting you up about a subject that I love to talk about <laughs> and never really get to talk to about anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god yeah anytime anybody has a chance to talk about like i hear a whiff of a conversation about tripping or psychedelics i lean in hard you know what i mean like <laughs> um, i'm not sure but uh i feel like they're just such interesting and ancient conversations that have so much value that has been lost and yes. i would really like to my intention with this like podcast in these segments is to show people that we're so interconnected it's not even funny like I love the feeling of like tripping or just even being like super like I don't know super happy in a moment you know with nature and just or seeing the stars and just knowing that like all of my ancestors at some point were able to have this feeling of connectedness and seeing the stars and they were the same as the way I'm perceiving them right now, even if not all my ancestors, you know, tripped or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah. still, the appreciativeness is there. I totally agree. The DMT courses through all of our veins, whether we smoke it or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I hope to have you back on the show if you're open to it. I'd be more than happy to, Allison. I love chatting this stuff up and be happy to be a regular guest. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Day. I will chat with you soon. Sounds good, Allison. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.